Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. You know, 
I'm just praying that there were no fatalities or accidents or incidents during the time when you needed to actually be radio and radio and some ambulance or, you know, some help for somebody. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we really don't know how this goes down. Oh, well, we also talked about the young man who uh, has his YouTube prank. Yes. Well, his YouTube is made up, his YouTube channel is made up of pranks. And, uh, you know, sometimes, as we have seen, these pranks just go a little too far. Well, out in a Virginia mall, he decided to film himself. So, you know, messing with the people. Yes, there supposedly was a telephone that he put to a person in the mall's ear. The person slapped it away a couple times. I don't want to be bothered. Well, remember now, it's a prank. So he must go on. Well, the prank didn't go so well because the person got tired, pulled out a gun, and shot him in the stomach. Yeah. Well, thank God that wasn't a fatality because that really could have gone, really could have gone badly, you know, or worse because someone else could have gotten that bullet or he could have gotten that bullet to his head or, you know, that bullet could have gone someplace and killed him. You know, so, you know, we really, really, really have to make sure, you know, that whatever we're doing does not disturb other people. You know, other people have things on their mind. They don't want to be bothered. But yet, you know, as they said, you know, Dad said at least, you know, he was a good-hearted person, a teddy bear who was lovable. Yeah, well, let's see how lovable he is now. I hope he learns to stay out of people's way. Well, our last story we covered was the California doctor who decided to get rid of her husband by poisoning him. Uh, just putting a little bit of that Drano in his tea each and every day. Well, that tea started to taste a little bit too funny. And lo and behold, there was some Drano in it. And uh, she's facing some charges. And, you know, it, it's really sad. You know, we talked about this yesterday. And... You know, we talked about why people just can't walk off. You know, when the marriage is over, just leave. Just leave. And unfortunately, that's not the mentality of people, you know, just to leave. And now you're facing, you know, murder, attempted murder, rather. You're facing, you know, relationship uh, dismantle of your family. You know, they have two children together. And... You know, oh boy, I'm really, 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 you know, sad to hear that this is what's going on in our families, in our households. And, you know, that took us to our conversation, our church folk conversation. You know, what were some of the conversations that we've had to have to kind of, you know, talk people out of things? You know, do we get an opportunity sometimes? 
to talk people out of things. Well, hmm. Yeah. Well, Pastor Charlotte said that, you know, thanks be to God, she had an opportunity to talk, you know, uh, someone from committing suicide. Yes. And uh, we give God thanks for a life that's been spared. Well, Pastor Jeff had another story. He had a story of, yeah, there was someone he knew that attempted to uh, kill, I believe it was a pastor. Yes, first lady and pastor. Well, she had actually put some poisoning in his food and thank God he didn't die. And the next attempt, someone made a phone call had had a dream. Oh, you got to go back. I'm not even going to tell the rest of that story. You got to go back and listen. You know, let me tell you something. The people on in due time with Pastor Steph, the due time group, they have some of the best stories ever. Well, you got to go back and listen to yesterday's episode so that you can hear what happened at the end of that story. Okay? All right. That's how we spent our Tuesday. Well, today is Wow Wednesday. Yes. Oh, wow. We didn't have a Wow Wednesday last week. But thanks be to God, we have one this week. Oh, yeah. So good morning, good morning, and good morning. We are halfway through the week by the grace of God, and uh, we're happy. I'm happy to be on with you, giving God thanks for all that he has done in our life since we last spoke. I know that was just yesterday, but God is always doing some miraculous things and wonderful things in our life, and you know how we do it over here on Wild Wednesday. It's Ladies' Day. Women's Day. All the ladies have their say. And uh, we're going to get to chatting in a little bit with our girl Vivian and her socially conscious segment. So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on and whatever you do, don't go nowhere. Because we will be right back. This is the story of a boy who didn't talk for a long time. The boy liked things to always be the same. Any changes would scare and upset him. The unknown was an unfriendly place. The boy was very sensitive to lights and sounds. So he built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. The boy didn't like looking people in the eye. He wasn't trying to be mean, it just made him feel uncomfortable. Sometimes he would flap his arms again and again. One day I found out I have something called autism. My family got me help. Slowly I found my voice and learned all the ways I could live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs 
at autismspeaks.org. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. Ah, giving God thanks for bringing us halfway through the week. And, you know, other people are trying to figure out how they're going to get it done, how they're going to get over hump day. But guess what? We got Wow Wednesday. And God has already planned our day. Ain't no figuring out. We just going to coast and sail straight through and let God kind of navigate this day. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And uh, we're going to get our morning started with our girlfriend Vivian and the socially conscious segment. Let's say good morning to Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor? I am well, thanks, Vivian. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Loving this warm weather this week. Yeah, I'm hoping it don't go backwards because I'm already kind of I know. Ah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> what you got for us today? Okay, today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with kind of an update. We talked about eviction here on Socially Conscious before. Uh, we talked about how due to the pandemic, people fell on seriously hard times, and thus eviction rates have went sky high. There was a freeze on the ability to evict people for a long time, and now that things are opening back up and the eviction freeze is done away with, the courthouses are being flooded with eviction cases. So they're saying that back in 2017, New York City passed a pivotal legislation that guaranteed that low-income tenants would be able to receive Free legal representation in housing court. But now, with the influx of cases, public defenders are saying it's too much to handle. Organizations like the Legal Aid Society say they have had to turn away people that are eligible for their services because they just simply do not have enough attorneys. The Legal Aid, Legal Services New York City, and New York Legal Assistance Group have called on the city to provide $315 million to help with this issue. So as we know, things are messy all around. We have been talking about the um, 
the people that are coming out here from other uh, countries and how crazy that's going. And Pastor Stephanie just gave us the story about how there's just no uh, shelters for them and no housing for them. And now we have this influx of eviction cases going on. And now they're calling for the city to give them more money. And it's just getting crazy. We talked about a couple of weeks ago the discrimination against voucher holders and landlords. And again, now we have this eviction thing going on. Everybody's being evicted. So it is getting seriously messy when it comes to housing and shelters. And it's it's just crazy. So let's definitely keep everyone lifted up in prayer. And let's just, you know, continue to watch these stories as they're unfolding. And let's just hope for the best. So our next story, um, our next couple of stories actually are all involving the kiddos, starting with school closing and out in Philadelphia. Reports say that there is a wave of investigations going on after there was a discovery of asbestos at two other district buildings. The school district out in Philadelphia announced on Friday that a high school and an elementary school would be closing their buildings because of the presence of asbestos. So Frankford High School will shift to virtual learning this week, while Mitchell Elementary School will shut down its its school for the rest of the school year as officials seek a temporary location. Reports say that nearly 300 buildings in Philadelphia school district were constructed or repaired when asbestos was commonly used. And out of that 300 buildings, there are 295 buildings that are currently required three-year inspections under the district's asbestos management program. Now, with all the problems that these kids already have, why aren't we already past asbestos issues in these buildings? So I guess we can just thank God that they found these issues and just um, that they moved immediately. They shut down these schools. They got these kids out of there. And let's just hope that this isn't some type of domino effect where they start, you know, inspecting schools nationwide and start finding that there's issues everywhere. Because 300 schools, 295 of them in Philadelphia have to be, you know, have asbestos in them. That's just ridiculous. And our next story is out in Maryland. A daycare worker was arrested after allegedly filming herself abusing children. Reports say Kayla Greenwell, 23, is seen using her foot to move a child. She then yanks the child by the arm, drops the child onto a mattress, and then kicks the mattress which led the child to fall off the mattress again. At another point in the video, she appears to kick the child, uh, to pick the child up by their shirt and drop them on the mattress. They say Greenwell began work at the center in late March. This video was filmed on Wednesday, and Greenwell is currently in custody and has been charged with multiple counts of child abuse and assault. And if this isn't some crazy turn of events, 
You know, she wasn't caught on security footage. It wasn't a parent who had suspicions or something. She filmed herself and put this video out there. She's only been on this job for a few weeks because late March was just like, what, two weeks ago? And she thought that it would be okay for her to film herself doing these things and put this out there. So I guess she wanted to get caught. (laughs) It's just crazy. But next, we have a story of a seven-year-old girl who is recovering after she was dragged down the street by her school bus in Anderson, Indiana. The mother, Grace Brown, described what she saw Friday morning. She says that she watched her daughter, Kylie, board the bus. She said Kylie put one foot up on the first step, but the doors closed before she was able to fully enter the bus. She said she watched as her daughter attempted to hop along the bus and not be swept under the bus. Mom says she ran after the bus screaming for it to stop, but the driver kept going. She said the bus eventually stopped approximately 30 feet down the street. Uh, The school says that the bus driver will not be permitted to drive while investigations are underway. And from my knowledge, when these kids get on the bus, you're supposed to wait until they are in their seats before you pull off. So how she get her first one foot on the step and you closing the doors and pulling off immediately like that? And to make it 30 feet down the street and not realize that you're dragging this little girl seven years old down the street is just crazy. I just don't think people want their jobs no more. People are sick of kids, and they just trying to take them out. I don't know what's going on. Lastly, we're just going to start this story off with the famous words of Pastor Kim. We are in our last and evil days, y'all. Reports say there has been more than 2.5 million cases of sexually transmitted disease reported in 2021 which is up 7% in one year. Crazy. So they say that chlamydia has accounted for more than half of the reported cases, with rates increasing about 4% in 2021. Cases of gonorrhea rose nearly 5%. Cases of syphilis surged 32% in one year, including an alarming rise and infections pass from pregnant mothers to babies developing in the womb. In 2021, they're saying congenital syphilis caused 220 stillbirths and infant deaths. They are saying that STIs and STDs affect every population, but the data shows that the data from CDC shows that the case rates are high among gay and bisexual men as well as young people and black and American Indian people. Just, it's just a mess. In one year, you have 2.5 million cases uh, reported. It's just a mess out here. But let us move on to our wow story of the week. They're saying that a 78-year-old woman is being accused of robbing a bank Reports say Bonnie Gooch, 78, was charged on Thursday 
with robbing a bank in Missouri. They say Gooch approached the bank's counter on April 5th and slipped the cashier a note that read, quote, I need $13,000 in small bills, end quote. They say at some point she also banged on the counter, telling the teller to hurry up, don't count the money, just give it to me. They say she then escaped in a Buick SUV with a handicapped license plate. They say when police stopped her at a parking lot, they found the cash strewn on the floorboard and noted that the vehicle smelled strongly of alcohol. Police say when she first stepped out of the car, they were so confused. They thought they had the wrong person because she was this little feeble, uh, this little old feeble looking lady. Apparently, at some point during the robbery, she also handed a note that read, quote, thank you, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. To top it off, Gooch has two prior bank robbery convictions, one that she received in 1977 in California and one in Kansas City in 2020. She is currently in custody at Case County Jail with a bail of $25,000. So can you imagine Granny coming up to your window demanding money? She's been out here thugging and bugging <laughs> since the 70s. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at least she's polite and she's sorrowful. You know, she did pass the second note that says she was sorry and she thanked him for giving her the money. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wow stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Stutz. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Vivian, for the comic relief this morning. Oh, my. Oh, my. I only hope that if God says my life till I get to 78, that I am still rocking and rolling. I tell you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I was so busy laughing, Vivian. I didn't type half the story. So you need to definitely hang around, please, to help if in case the ladies didn't catch part of that, because I surely, I was too busy laughing. I was too okay. busy laughing. All right. Thank you so much for your news this morning, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my, 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 my. Just when you thought it was safe to go to the bank. Oh, let's say good morning to our Elder Nartisha. Good morning, Elder Nartisha. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am well. Thank you. I am well. How are you? I'm just thugging and bugging. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that in years. Oh, my goodness. So not only did I laugh at the story, 
But then when Vivian came up with that one, I thought I would fall <laughs> over. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, we haven't had a, we haven't had a, you know, a, a socially conscious in, in a week or so. And Vivian comes back strong. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, we're talking about, you know, this um, eviction rate. And we knew mm-hmm. that, you know, once the gates flew open, that it was going to be a mess. And here we are, you know, now with all of the, you know, mandates that you can't, you know, evict people being listed. Mm-hmm. Now all of this is being revealed. And as Vivian said, now you've got all these migrants that have added to our count of you know, mm-hmm. needing free, again, free services. And now the legal aid is asking for, for, for what, millions of dollars now to help in, mm-hmm. in this, uh, you know, them fight. Because they can't do everything for free, you know. So right. uh, what goes through the mind when you hear all of this chaos going on over such a temperamental situation? Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show how we um, can be more responsive as opposed to proactive as a country. And so those in leadership, you know, when you are reactive to a situation, and I think, you know, it's only fair to say that COVID put us in a place where we needed to be reactive because no one was expecting for right. COVID to hit the way, you know, the way right. that it did. Right. But, but when we when we just kind of do these things in a re- reactive perspective, then we have to expect that there's going to be some fallout at the end. And so here we are now finding ourselves needing to uh, rectify those who are, you know, their home ownership is a part of their livelihood. You know, it's the way that they decided to invest in their future. Some have 401k plans. But some have invested in real estate, and so their property is how they make money. And so if you have a tenant occupying your residence and they are not paying and now the government is no longer supporting them and paying, well, then you just, you know, kind of put another person in a damaging situation. And so it's just all of it is a big mess. But to your point, I do think that, again, we are looking to provide services for all of these individuals who are not from here when we have our own problems. We have problems. Did we not anticipate that there was going to still be help needed for those who stopped paying their rent and you gave them space to not pay their rent? So now this right. has been backed up, and, and now right. you just list it and say, all right, figure it out, you're on your own. How right. can you do that right. to your own people right. to provide shelter right. for individuals that are coming over here? It's not right. right. Right, absolutely. You know, once you lifted this, you know, because you, 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 you listen, we, we would have never known the, the head count. But there was some level of an idea because, you know, mm-hmm. this was a situation that put both sides 
you know, in in a in a in a pinch. You put, you know, those who who really couldn't afford it in a in a in a in a lurch, and then those who was still, you know, now I have to pay mortgage, so now you had to put the mortgage on freeze mm-hmm. as well because those they couldn't afford if they weren't getting rent, they couldn't afford to right. pay it either. So now, right. you know, now that everything is lifted, this has become like a bomb that's exploding. Mm-hmm. So this has been this is one one mess here. Let's talk to our lady Tamika and see what she's got to say. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to our listeners and of course to our ladies. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you this morning? That's good. I'm glad to hear. I'm well, thank you. I am well, thank you. So, you know what? This is some mess. This is some kind of mess that we're in with this eviction bomb (laughs) that just went off in the courthouse. It's one thing when things were, you know, backed up and held. You know, now... Um, you're stating that, you know, you want to put things back in order. But you have had people that have been living in apartments and, you know, you you also have to recognize some of the mindset of people. Okay, so if you say that I can live here rent-free, then some of the mindset is, well, I'm not even going to set aside any money because you got me, you know, and then all of a sudden you drop and you say, okay, I don't have you anymore. Now, You've got a situation for those who um, own property. You know, now you're making a hardship for everyone, you know, and, and adding to that now you've got people that um, have come here that you're providing services for. Again, I, I often say, why not take care of home first? You know, you're taking care of the adoptees and, and the children are, going, are starving, you know, and, and, and that's kind of how it looks to me. You know, it, it's getting worse and worse. And it's getting harder. You know, of course, um, we couldn't have predicted what happened with the pandemic and all of the different components. And, I mean, we can go on and on and how many different people were affected. But now you've got everyday people who, um, for whatever reason, were not able to um, pay the rent. You know, we're talking about also encasing those people that were fired um, because they did not take the vaccine. You're talking about right. um, other people, for whatever reason, were displaced um, for right. income because of the changing of the pandemic. Remember, we had a lot of workplaces that simply closed because they right. were concerned about people coming into the workplace. So, you know, all of those different components are, are affected, and now this is where we are. You know, I, I don't know how you can foresee, but, you know, we, we we do things all the time at the end point. You know, we react. You know, there is no proactive. I mean, there's a, again, we can't foresee. However, you know, just in case something happens with this, you know, like you didn't see that there would be an influx of a problem when you say to everybody that they can just wait. Right, right. And, yeah, excuse me, as both of you have said, ladies, no one could have possibly anticipated any of, you know, this sudden closure of everything, sudden freeze of everything. However, 
when the plan was put into place to allow, you know, how many thousands of people to come per month into the United States, there was no thought as to a bomb is, is, is or has already, you know, been detonated. And it hasn't gone off yet. So nobody kind of thought of, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're still sitting on a ticking time bomb. And uh, when it all goes off, it ain't going to look so pretty. Uh, this morning, our Minister Michelle is not feeling well. So we don't have her this morning. We're going to pray for her healing and hoping that she's feeling better soon. But, you know, God always has a ram in the bush. we got to say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Very good. Ah, oh, thanks for joining us. You know, what? so what, you know, what goes in your head when you think about how many people now, not only are you talking about the weight of, you know, this, this money that needs to be dished out to, to help these people who are supposed to be getting free assistance, but now all of the people who legitimately could not take care of rent, that did pay rent on time, and now they're amongst all of the, the craziness with the people who are living for free and people who you know, are <laughs> the people who are just like uh, uh, Lady Tamika said, they just sitting around crossing their legs thinking now I, I can go for a free ride. Because listen, you said I didn't have to pay. What's going to happen mm-hmm. here? I think the one of the ladies mentioned the, the timing of it. And I think that's the biggest thing that's going to come to smack the power that be in the face because as it was said, after now watching how you have come up with this plan that you weren't prepared for, and now you're looking for money to help with the plan that you came up with, and now all of these people are facing being out in the street, and the powers that be who are supposed to be here to now help with that can't. What do you now say to your people? You know, when your focus was on helping outside and now it's just this huge boom and it's like you weren't you weren't preparing for something like this. You know, did you think something like this would happen um, or now? No, but these are the type of things that people in that who are sitting in those seats need to prepare for, you know, and now it's like you're in no position to help at all. So now how does that make you look as someone who is occupying a seat, who has these responsibilities, who is supposed to be here for the community, is supposed to be here for the people. So now what do you do? Do you drop all of the people that you were bringing in, that you've made that commitment to, and you already had, you already made a commitment with the people here? It's, I, I think you know, one of the reasons why this could be happening now is to show that, you know, is to show, like, now look at how you cannot even help, whether you wanted to or not, how can you now help all these people who are already here, who are facing the situation, whether, like you said, Pastor Steph, this was something that was inevitable for me, or whether I put myself in the situation 
And now, even if I say, okay, dad, I put myself in a situation, so now I got to clean my act up. But if I get five hours to help start the process of me cleaning my act up and fixing my wrongs, I can't even go and get the five hours. <laughs> I think that, that that's the that's the biggest you know that that's the biggest takeaway. It's like wow, like this. You know, if I'm trying to put myself in in their shoes or in the mayor's shoes or whomever shoes, it's like dag. Like it's almost like when you know you're working, you're working, and someone keeps saying, "Save your money, save your money, save your money," and you're figuring, "I make all this money, so you know I don't really have to prepare like that." And then something happens, and now you don't have any money saved, nor are you in the position to make money. Oh. Yeah, this this was really, you know, I, I think this is going to teach a whole lot of lessons. But at what cost? Like like you all have right. said, you know, this is this is not going to be a pretty one. This is not going to be a pretty one. And you know, if if this doesn't indicate to God's people to definitely really seek God for guidance, because you know we we we, we really going to need it at this point. We're really going to need it. Ah, oh, all righty. Now, we thought asbestos was a thing of the past. At least I did. How long ago mm-hmm. did we hear about asbestos? And you would think, especially a school building, especially our schools. Now, you talk about negligence 101. Lady Tamika, are they serious? Over 295 buildings have asbestos in it? You have got to be kidding me. Who went to sleep at the wheel on this one? <laughs> I I have to be honest, you know, um, there's a lot of things that we're not aware of when we're talking about the school environment. You know, um, only by way of the one of the employments that I worked for, um, there's a lot of things that happen on the school campus, on the school ground, for some reason that are not being taken care of, that are not being addressed. Um, windows that are partially broken or can't open, air conditioners that don't function properly, you know, asbestos, unfortunately, and other concerns, you know, and the schools don't want you to go on the inside to see the properties, you know. Um, one of the things that um, the last employment that I had, we were, our responsibility was to dispatch and give certain things, disinfectants, garbage bags, such and such and such, you know. And in dealing with people, unfortunately, there was a lot of stuff that I heard, you know, even in New York City schools, you know. And so, Honestly, I personally am not surprised, um, and then that's exactly what happens. When you start measuring up one school, then you've got to open up all the doors, and out of the 300, you're only five short that didn't have asbestos. So, you know, um, that my heart, you know, hurts about that because, you know, how long have these children had to endure this? What children have? been affected that we're not aware of. You know, there's all kinds of signs. You're trying to figure out why your child has asthma, and in actuality, they've been sitting right in front of that area that has asbestos, et cetera, et cetera, you know. And so um, 
I, I don't even know how to, to say that my heart hurts for that, but there's a lot that we don't know and we don't see. Oh, you better believe it. Oh, you better believe it. And I, I agree with you 100%. And this is just another indication there is a war against our children that you mm-hmm. would... How long ago was asbestos addressed, um, even in our, our housing, you know, where they talked about the lead paint and all mm-hmm. of this kind of stuff. And so they said the, the landlords were responsible for, you know, doing the work and, and they had to loan um, out millions and billions of dollars to help us. Now our children is come, they're coming to find out. And just like you said, this is just Philly. How many other states? And cities are we going to hear about Shanti before this is all over with? Because you know, once you once you hear one thing, once you hear one place, oh, now it's mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. now it's just everywhere. I thought that was an episode of Good Times, but I don't. But <laughs> that I don't. It's like nothing gets taken care of, or nothing gets spoken about, or gets made a big deal of until. You know, like you said, it starts to really spread. And I don't know how it's been so much of turning a blind eye to it to now. It's the schools are in the hundreds that need to be shut down. Like how, what, so nothing happens. Do you even have a janitor? Like, so nothing happens in the schools? Like, no, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I don't understand how it can now be to where it populated that many buildings. And now it's like, oh, well, now let's bring it up. So now let's address it. Now let's talk about it. You know, there's, now that, you know, probably enough parents are complaining because the students can't go to school or, you know, enough children have or faculty and or faculty have gotten sick. So now, you know, we have to close the doors. So there's probably a few cases of people getting sick and they say, oh, you'll be all right, whatever, until it got to the point where now the schools have to be closed. And now that's one school down, now that's 10 schools down, now that's 60 schools. It's just like nothing, like nothing is happening in there. No one is taking anything serious until it gets to this point. That That's what it sounds like to me. Like the only reason why we're hearing about it is because of the amount of schools that have had, have had to be closed due to this. So now it's like, well, let's talk about it to make it seem like now we're going to do something about it. What, what are you going to do now? You can't even uh, pick the kids up and send them to another school because other schools are closed too. It's like, right. What, what are you bringing now? You know, like what, what's the point in bringing this up now to make it seem like you're doing something about it now? Oh. Uh, Elder Natisha, as someone who's on the inside of this uh cancer view this I can't even imagine the numbers that are affected secretly you know what's been hidden all this time now you're talking about a bomb is about to go off what are we talking about here I'm so glad that you raised that point because it is it's true that um, I, I believe that there's a direct linkage between what our children are exposed to, to 
the numbers that we are currently seeing um, in children in pediatric cancer. We have seen in the past five years a 12% increase of childhood wow. cancer. And now that yeah. is something that we have not seen and that we have not seen before. But I'll take it even further and say that out of the 12%, um, half, of that, half of those children are from communities where there's disadvantage and poverty. Right. And so when we start right. thinking about how can something like this happen, we know that there are differences in yep. where you are, where you live. Yep. There, yep. are, there are schools and other communities where this would absolutely never be an issue, right. where this would never be a problem, and it yep. absolutely would mm-hmm. not have gone on as long as it went on um, right. in, in our communities. So it's, it's an, another closer look at the way that racism, biases, um, and even the, the inequity of wealth distribu- distribution is in this country. This is another installment of it. You can see it. You see it through all areas, um, but this is another area where you really, really get to see it, and it is killing our children and hurting our children. There is absolutely no reason at all why a school was not brought up to code, and you were still allowing children to come in there day in and day out and breathe this air. So it's ridiculous. Absolutely. It wouldn't happen in Beverly Hills. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you hear? Where you hear? Philly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not surprising mm-hmm. right. at all. Right. Because, listen, right. you look, look, look at the side of the building. You have never walked past a school building and you didn't see the, 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 the piece of cement that says 1922, 1905. 1933. Well, we know that the buildings that were built prior to X, Y, and Z year had asbestos temp- uh, 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 components in the building. That's just a given right there. When the whole asbestos thing started, they, 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 it came out from the beginning. Every building that was put up, all kinds of buildings, whether it was a, 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 a building, or, um, what do you call those buildings? The buildings we work in, like my, my brain, my brain. Whether it was an apartment building, you know, housing, whether it was a school building, whether it was a medical building, all the buildings, it didn't matter what building, that was part of the component that was put in because it had longevity and whatever else. It had to keep the building up as long as it could stay up. So this is why you know it's pure negligence because there's nowhere in the world, like I said, when you walk past the building since 1923, okay, well, that was definitely before all of this was up to code. So I agree 100%. It's in our neighborhood. That's where it is. Kill us off. You could care less. You could care less about our children, mm-hmm. which then takes us to the other um, story of how the bus driver lets the little girl put one foot on the bus. Again, our children, how do you? Let me me tell you why I'm personally sensitive to this. First of all, it's because of the kids. Yes, I shift gears real quick. 
because we, we, we talk about the story. But it happened to me one Sabbath morning. We were getting in the car to go to church, and he never looked. He never looked. He never listened for the doors to close. He never looked in his mirror. And he pulled off, and I had one leg in and one literally. This is pure negligence. Just like Vivian said, how in the world do you not see that the child is on the bus, that the child is sitting down? She's not even on the bus, and you're closing the door and pulling off? Nah, 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 nah. This, this here, this here. You know, Shantice made a statement a couple years ago. People don't want to work. I don't know what's on his mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's on his mind. You know, anything could have been on his mind. Maybe he had a bad morning. Maybe somebody was sick. I don't know. However, however, you cannot be so distracted that you literally pull the bus off and the child has put one foot or she hasn't even gotten to the top step of the bus. Even the bus drivers, the city bus drivers, have to wait for you, or should wait for you to get back, because they don't wait, wait for you to get behind the line. Shanti's all these people, what is going on? Uh, the war against the kids. The people, people ain't paying no attention to our children. And you're servicing the children. <laughs> like, like, I pulled off with the dog halfway on and halfway off, because I wasn't expecting no dog to be getting on no bus. No, this, you're driving this, I don't, it was just like, okay, I just stopped just to say I stopped this bus and now I'm going. I don't see how, because even from your peripheral, it was just like, I remember saying to you, Pastor stuff, like, I'll, I thank God for my vision, even though I had to get a stronger uh, prescription with my glasses this time. But it just seems like I've seen a whole lot from my peripheral. And it's like, sometimes I see that better than what I see in front of me. So how is it that this is what you're supposed to be looking for. You know, you're supposed to be looking. And what you just said made a lot of sense, too. How are you even pulling off without making sure that the child is seated and seated properly? So already that goes to show that on the daily, you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing, that you wouldn't even pull off before the child not only is fully on the bus, <laughs> but that they're even seated properly. It just sound like I just stopped this bus just to say I stopped in case somebody else saw. And you can't say I didn't stop to see if a child, you know, was getting on on the stop or whatever the case may be. And then I just pulled off for cops. I just need to hurry up and get done. I don't understand how you didn't see the baby getting on. You know, wow. and, and it's funny because I see that with, um even with the city buses, you know, they... The people get on, and before they could fully get on properly, before they can get to where they put their metro card and the bus is pulling off, he's like, okay, do you have a curfew? Because I've asked before. I've asked. <laughs> you got a curfew? Oh, okay. You seem like you're in a rush. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Uh, Elvin, I teach you. You know, it, 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 we are deteriorating, and we're deteriorating fast. This, this ain't no slow process. We are seeing mm-hmm. a breakdown in everything, everywhere. Yeah, I, I agree with you. 
that again, this is absolutely uh, neglect. The fact that this is, you weren't even looking. You weren't even looking at the door. Once you, if you saw a kid come on and clear, you know, the line, if you would, you didn't even look at the door to notice that there was another child attempting to get on the bus. Again, this becomes the problem when we become too lax in our jobs and in our duties. This, this speaks also to just character. This speaks to just our minds being in so many other spaces and places that we are not, that we're not present. We're just not present anymore as a society, and it's because of all of the things that are going on. There are internal wars, there's external wars, there are struggles and, and all kinds of things that are going on to where we're just not present anymore. And so I could just imagine that, again, you just didn't even look at the door, just like moving in muscle memory in your own mind, in your own thoughts, close the door, and you just taking off because you're just moving in muscle memory, but you're not present in moments. And I think this is so important for us to realize here the spiritual implications and the ways that the enemy uses life to distract us to where we're not present anymore. And not only that, in us not being present, we become neglectful. We become right. people who uh, can, can damage and hurt others. So we've got to find a way to really get back to being present. We've got to be able to give our lives mm-hmm. to Christ, pray, let let God into spaces so that we can be present in our lives and stop hurting and killing each other. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, ladies. Lady Tamika. Lady Tamika. You know, we, we understand that, you know, we're all flesh and blood, but enough is enough. Enough is enough. Where, when are we going to step up to the plate and just do our job? I wanted to actually um, add or aid to what Elder Natisha um, said in that, um, a lot of times what we do is we disengage in one thing and then plug into another. You don't believe me? Get on the train and just look. Don't put your phone. Just look across mm-hmm. from left to right, from one side of the train to the other. Almost every single person is plugged into a phone if they're listening to their music, if they're playing a game. So the necessities of life are no longer valued. You don't look to see what's going on on the right. Nine times out of ten, you know, I'm thinking about it. He's probably plugged into some type of music. So you weren't looking ahead. You didn't look to see. And nine times out of ten, if you're plugged into that degree, you're not listening. So the mother is yelling behind you, stop the bus, stop the bus. You don't see the little child being dragged. You don't hear the mother in the background. And so you have disengaged into life and plugged into something that, you know, it can soothe your need for the temporary time. And now, at this point, you're not allowed to drive. You know, there, I mean, I have myself gotten on a regular city bus. And before I could get to the seat, the bus is literally pulling off, especially if it's born around mm-hmm. the corner. You know, it says caution, bus is turning. However, that affects the person on the outside. I'm literally rocking from left to right, from one side to another. You didn't even look to see. Your responsibility is ensure, <coughs> excuse me, 
that the child is seated. I'm a grown adult and I'm being shook. So imagine a right. child, you know, and, and, and at this point, you didn't even look to see, you know, around. You couldn't have looked to the back because you would have seen the mother or you, or you, 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 you could have looked in your rearview mirror to see the mother waving, stop, stop, stop. Nothing. You just kept going and you dragged that poor child for a period of time. My heart goes out to, you know, the mother as well as the child. You know, what kind of trauma this child will have to go through now? And I still have to get on this bus. Mommy, can you take me to school today? Because I don't want to ride the bus. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the, legi- the child has a legitimate excuse to say, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to ride the bus. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's scary. The thought is scary because there's nothing to hold on to, you know, for the child. So I can't even imagine where her little head was. You know, mama running behind the bus. I can't imagine where her head, you know. It's a lot to think about now. You ain't got no job. <laughs> a lot to think about. And this, now that you, Pastor Steph, sorry, yeah. this gives a whole totally different termination to the wheels on the bus goes round and round. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this, this scary, scary situation. Let's talk about scary. Scary is, let me get them numbers, let me get them numbers, 2.5 million cases of sexually transmitted diseases. 2.5 million cases. That's only the ones they know about. There's always mm-hmm. ones that they don't know about. Always ones that stay off the radar. Elder Natisha, how are we living in a world where they're, they're, they're giving away conduct? They, I, mean, I mean, this stuff is free. And people don't care nothing about their lives. Nothing. Just reckless. And here's what's also yep. interesting is that is that we also live in a generation where self care is promoted yep. all over social media. This yep. false yep. fake idea yep. of self care. Girl, love yourself. Girl, fix yourself. Girl. But God, do this for yourself. Like all of this self care, except yep. in the care of areas where it is necessary and most right. important. And, and so you so well, busy. Yes. Yes. You, you so busy out here wanting to get massages. Yes. <laughs> but you but you reckless. Yeah, and, and going to the spa and stuff like that. But you reckless yep. when you laying down with dudes and you're getting up with all kind of yes. other nasty man disease. You know, back in the day, they said, you got that nasty man disease. <laughs> <laughs> she said nasty man disease. <laughs> That's what my grandmother that's so what my grandma said. You go ahead. You keep laying down with these nasty. You gonna get up with that nasty man disease. You know the, the old folks had a way of saying things that that just kind of stick with you. You didn't even realize it was gonna stick with you when they said it, but it sticks with you. But we have yes. got to again care for ourselves in a real way. We gotta stop being fake. I, I just to me. Those numbers indicate that all the stuff we see on social media is a lie. It's right. How can we have these? Yeah. How can we have all of these kind of numbers 
and then yeah. you all, and then all of your whole generation is making a living, a killing off yeah. of all of these yeah. false ideologies. No, you have got to love yourself, and it has got to start from the inside. We've got to reconnect to the makeup yep. of who we are in order to gain our identity so that there can be true love for self. Because when there's true love Absolutely. for self, then taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves in harm's way no longer becomes an issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I I, I, I tried not to say, I was going to go there. How do you got pedicures and manicures mm-hmm. and you know, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, our hair did, and we didn't find mm-hmm. it. We can't do it. We, we doing our own makeup now, and we got mm-hmm. all this stuff where we're pampering ourselves. And, you know, mm-hmm. man, I'm but like, yo, you, yeah, <laughs> right, but yet all that, that, that main part right there, you, can, you have no concern and love for yourself. Lady Tamika, mm-hmm. how is it that, because I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. Everywhere you look, you've got this promotion of you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. This is how we, all these people on YouTube, gurus, how to love yourself and, 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 and what you're doing to yourself. And, 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 and oh, my God. And we, all the, all the, all the, all the ministers everywhere, uh, YouTube ministers and Facebook passes. How? Uh, so what, what I'm seeing, I, I, I'm thinking about all of the different commercials that we used to have that we don't have anymore. Remember the This Is Serious? We could, uh, you know, pills to make you delirious. You know, those are things that you do internal. Uh, you know, there was all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, brush your teeth, exercise your choppers, you know, those type of things that we used to, you know, to take care of your interior. You know, they even had commercials about HIV and, you know, get yourself tested and blah, blah, blah. All of those things are like, it, it to me, it's like, okay, fine, just take care of the exterior. Don't worry about the interior because nobody can see it. Um, you're spreading stuff that, yes. you know, may or may not can get, you know, that a person may or may not get rid of. You know, you're not taking care of yourself if you're not taking care of the interior. The interior is more important than the exterior. You're a dressed up mess. Your nails are good, but your breath is bad. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, just going for that type of thing, you know, so your hair looks good, but your interior, your, your, your mental is crazy. Your disposition is all over the place. And now it's just all about, you know, all about pleasing the exterior. You know, okay, fine. You got you know, and you're not even covering yourself, you know, if you're going to do it, you know, not covering yourself and ensuring that your safety, you know, okay, fine, your hair looks great, but, you know, oh, there's no, not, like, all of the commercials that we had accessible to us and all of the things that, you know, outreach programs, you only see outreach programs now at the end of a show that you're watching that has to do with that, you know, and that's a sad part because we used to have all types of commercials about you know, being able to reach out to somebody, you know. And so if you don't research, research it yourself, there's no access except for, you know, like you said, the hair care and the nails and the lashes and the, you know, there's so many different things that are missing, you know. Um, even God is essential and, 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 you know, you don't even have a lot of commercials that were out. You even had stuff that 
was geared. You know, it, I don't, I maybe I'm looking at the wrong channels, but I'm not seeing what I used to see nowhere um, near what we used to have access to. Mm, mm. Well, I'm going to say this. I am looking at more commercials of, you know, uh, I, I just saw one the other day with the, um, the one where you, but how do they, it's, 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 it's this tagline they use, and, you know, I got myself tested. And, um, you know, you can you, you take these medicines and all of these kind of things. And, of, of course, now this is reactive because now this is after you even got this stuff already. But here's, here's the point I want to bring up. We just got finished talking about selfish and how there was this kind of blasé uh, overview, in a sense. Um, um, we have the, the ladies who are so busy worrying about having babies to try to snag that one that, you know, she wants the sperm. Well, you're picking up a whole lot more than a condom and sperm. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. You know, this is the price we're paying for our behavior. This is the price we're paying for taking our eye off the real prize of protection. Because I wanna I wanna slide it off because it feels better and what's the big deal? I wanna have a baby, so I'm gonna pick up this condom out the garbage can, but not only am I getting a baby, I'm getting something else because Vivian also quoted the stat of how many or, or mentioned how many of this the syphilis is being passed on from pregnant mothers to their babies. So now the baby, yet again, here we go, the war on our children. Now we don't even, our babies are coming here. What are we talking about, Shanties? Our eye is off the prize of protection, safety. We're talking about recklessness. We're talking about not not caring about really taking care of yourself and what Elder Natisha brought up, you know, something that has crossed my mind a lot. You know, lately you keep seeing everyone, um, you know, on social media, especially the women, and a lot more men have been doing it lately as well. But, um, you know, everyone wants to do face tutorials about, you know, their skincare routines and, you know, so on and so forth, and there's just so much emphasis on that, but yet no one is trying to even, you know, like, okay, God, can you can you help me care about how to even prevent this before it starts? Like, how? So, you know, if I really, really want to be out here having sex, whether it's with whomever I'm with or whether I'm the type who don't mind having casual sex here and there, you know, can you please help me to care about, um, covering up, you know, being extra selective, you know, paying a lot more attention to my potential partner, um, you know, just taking care of me, my mind, my body. Like, it, it seems to be very little of that, which is why now it just seems to be, again, like the school's just this big boom because everyone is just focused on just getting their rocks off right now. And, you know, I'm good. You know, however, I feel I'm protecting myself. That's good enough. Until God forbid I go and I get tested, and now I come up positive for this this 
And yeah, it's like if we break the wall to learn how to care about how before we even get started, then the numbers could go down drastically. But everyone is just so focused on just feeding, you know, how I feel right now. That now this is what was going on, and nobody's thinking about again how I could possibly pass this on. Now, my child has to possibly live with something, even if it's not deadly, you know, but they may have to, even if it's something that they can get rid of, but this is how, this is what they have to be treated with as soon as they come out. I can't dictate how it takes, you know, any toll on their body or their mental state or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's just, no, no one is really thinking about trying to prevent it before it starts. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we've walked into, you know, um, the topic that I wanted to talk about today and all of the things that Vivian um, brought to us this morning. Um, and it's ways to be useful to God. You know, as, 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 as children of the King, you know, you, <laughs> we have a responsibility, and you know, we, we need to be useful to God at this point because if we're the only people, or we, if we're the minority who's thinking these things, then the larger part of the world is 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 dying, and they're held bound. So we we have to turn up the way we do things, the way we behave, the way we think. You know, all you ladies have addressed the way we think. Um, because if we don't address the way we think, we are not going to do the right thing. The Bible tells us, you know, to be renewed by the, you know, transformation of your mind, you know. Oh, the renewing of your mind. It starts in the mind. And, you know, it, it then turns out to be something that we are either useful to God or we're just useless. So we're going to talk about being useful to God today and, and some of the things that we can do to help this world become a better place. Uh, I like this one here. Stand your ground. <laughs> and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to put it out here. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of problems in our, in, in, in our people. When I say our people, I mean the people of God. I am seeing so many wishy-washy Christians. It is sickening me. And God is just pinching me and pinching me and pinching me. Stand your ground. And when you stand your ground, it seems like you're the one with the problem. And I'm going to start with you, Lady Tamika. Uh, definitely, you know, um, when everything else, you know, says that this is the way we're going to do it, you know, like we often talked about, um, you know, the um, people coming to the school and teaching, you know, your children something entirely different, you know, just like the little child that said, no, there's only two genders, you know, and, and faithfully stood 
I can't remember the gender of the child, but stood his or her ground. You know, that means that, okay, it was a boy. Thank you. Um, So that means that regardless of what you say, I'm going to stand for what I believe in. And that's it. You know, I don't particularly care how you feel about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Santis, we are talking about this all the time about these wishy-washy Christians that we're so with either we have not truly stepped out of our former life as Pastor KL has so coined or we, we want to look like everybody else. So therefore mm-hmm. we don't stand our ground. Mm-hmm. Well, how is this not useful for God? God is relying on us to even when it's things that we're struggling with, because I'll put myself out there, sex is one of those things for me. Off and on battle for me is a season when it's quiet and then out of nowhere it's just like, boom, okay, what's going on? Why is there such an urge? And he's relying on us to let it be known. Back to the verse where God says, always be ready to give an account as to why you do what you do or why you don't do what you don't do. And you have to let it be known why you're saying, I, I no longer want to practice this lifestyle. I'm not okay with doing this anymore because of X, Y, and Z. I'm not okay because he needs you to assist him with sparking that and, and introducing or reintroducing those thoughts and this lifestyle to other people. If we're not standing our ground, if we're not showing people that we're willing to fight to stand our ground, then we look flimsy like everybody else. Or we look like we're just doing this. Well, I really, I'm not too sure why, you know, God says I shouldn't be doing this. And if I'm not too sure as to why God says I shouldn't be doing this, then when I continue to really get to these urges, why won't I give in to these urges? He's relying on us to now be the visual because he's not here in the flesh. He's relying on us to be the visual for of course, ourselves, but for other people to say, this is what we need to be striving for and not be all flimsy like everybody else and everything else out here in the streets. Absolutely. You know, Elder Tisha, about seven months or so after this, this broadcast got started with his due time, God said to me, I need you to ring this bell. I need you to let people know. I'm not talking to the sinful world. I'm not talking to them. Those are not the ones I'm challenging. I'm challenging the ones who are saying they are called by my name, that they are walking my walk, that they are talking my talk. And as soon as the challenge gets put out, put out there, I, I, I can't see how they're being useful to me. They're not representing me. What seems to be the problem with standing our ground? Well, I think the Bible tells us what the problem is with standing our ground, right? The Bible tells us in the book of Timothy, Second Timothy, uh, that the time will come where people will not listen to true teaching, ah, right? Ah. They'll find people who, ah. who, 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 want, mm-hmm. who sound like them. They'll, they'll find more and yep. more teachers who please them, who please their flesh, who say what mm-hmm. they want to hear. And so, and it says that, that, that we'll stop listening for truth 
but we'll give in mm-hmm. to our own ways, our own desires. And unfortunately, that really is referring to the people of God because we right. were once people right. who were tuned into the truth, but we, we allowed ourselves to become less and less and less and less. We've moved away from God. We've become watered down. We've made allowances for sin mm-hmm. because we forgot yep. how destructive sin is. And so yes. when we yep. make allowances <laughs> for sin in, in, in one area of our life, we don't recognize that we've also created an opening for sin to take hold in another place. And so we'll right. think that, oh, I just, I just curse sometimes or I just, you know, I just do this sometimes. But you don't understand that that small allowance, all the enemy needs is a small allowance in order to grab hold of your life in other areas. And so what I think we, what we're seeing in the frustration that we are experiencing with the disrespect of God's house, the sacred podium, the lack of discipline, the lack of self-control, the lack of, of reverence to the things of God. We are seeing that amongst the people of God, and it's happening. And, and, and here's what the, the enemy is a strategist. God is the greatest strategist, but the enemy mm-hmm. is nonetheless a strategist because he understands right. that if I can cause this if I can cause the house to be so chaotic that not only will the people in the house not want to be in the house, but the people outside will never be interested in coming in. Ah. And so we've got to be aware that uh, this, this idea of standing out ground is so that the holiness and the righteousness of God can be experienced and seen and so that true lives can be changed because people are going through some things in their minds, in their bodies, and they need God. But when we are so watered down, we're not showing God, and so they won't even come in with their brokenness, with their, their needs. They'll just stay right out in the world. We're doing such a disservice. We must stand our ground so that we can show forth the power and the excellency of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is another area that off this list that was really, really kind of rang out to me. And, and you ladies touched on it. Elden, I teach you, you said it. The, you know, lovers of ourselves. You know, we, we want to hear, and you know, what makes us good. We want to be able to say what we want to say. And, and one of the ways we can be useful to God is watching our tongue. We want to be able to say anything we, we want to say. And it just doesn't matter as long as it's pleasing us. Shantice, how is watching our tongue a way of being useful to God? <laughs> uh, because it, if we watch our tongue the way God has you watching your tongue, he gives you that personalized step-by-step guide, then you will be saying the things that you need to say when you need to say it, not only to other people, but to yourself. And I had someone ask me yesterday, um, we were talking about, you know, God and, you know, they kept trying to give themselves excuses. And where normally I would have been quiet because it's like, okay, God, I'm going to need you to tell me how to speak to people, you know, conversation by conversation, because sometimes I want to shut up. You tell me to speak. And so I want to speak. You be telling me to be quiet. I need you to let me know. 
And after a while, I was just like, no, no, I'm sorry. You're giving yourself excuses. You can't do that. And it's like, oh, well, you don't think, like, speaking like that would... It was pretty much they were saying, like, that would be a hindrance to someone because it's like, oh, that just seems so scary. And I'm like, listen, when God needs you to be aggressive about him, be aggressive. When he needs you to be quiet and be a little more gentle or something, then that's the time for that. But you need to understand when it's time to speak and what exactly you need to say because you are speaking for him. You are representing him. Like Elder Natisha said, there are so many people walking around here already trying to talk nice to themselves or try to give themselves excuses. And when God needs you to say something, you need to be hitting it spot on because like you say all the time, Pastor Steph, you're not always given another opportunity to say that thing to that person. So now while you're sitting here and you don't really know what to say, you're missing the opportunity to do what God needs you to do. It's not always doing an actual deed for someone. A lot of it comes, someone needs to hear the words the way God has given it to you to say to somebody. So you taming your tongue and, you know, Pastor Steph always has to get on me about calling people names and stuff. <laughs> and stuff a lot of times, like, I can't be telling them, follow Jesus but then I'm calling you some, some names that says that uh, my flesh is high over here. So you have to really make sure that you're focused on speaking the way God needs you to speak and when he needs you to speak and how he needs you to speak. You can't just do it however you want. And now it messes up the whole ministering program. Ah, mm. uh, Tisha, our tongue. That little small thing on our body can make a mess or it can bring some real glory to God. What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, yes, Elder Natisha, how is this being useful to God? That tongue. Yes. Well, you know what I think it's it's what James tells us, right? And I keep today, right? I I think the Lord keeps bringing us back to His Word because everything that we're looking for, everything that we discuss, God has already given us the blueprint for these things. And so, in the book of James, in the New Testament, God He He reminds us and talks to us about the tongue, and and the tongue is referred to as um, fire. <laughs> it's referred to as a bit. It's referred to as poisonous. It's referred to as a tree of life. Like how we use it determines whether it is going to be destructive, whether it's going to be fire, or whether it's going to be a tree of life. And it really is all in our ability to allow Holy Spirit to govern how we use this tongue. It can be useful to God in that we are able to encourage others. We're able to build them up. We're able to speak life to them. We're able to spread the gospel, right? And I think that is the most important usage of the tongue, and it is to spread the gospel message, to let people know that there is a Savior for their souls. And so that is, I think, the most useful way that we can use our tongues, but then even for our children, to be able to speak over our children, to speak into their lives, not wait until they become teenagers, not wait until they become adults, 
uh, but even as infants, even at the point of conception, to, to speak over their lives, to speak over the words of the Lord over their lives, to seek God about their purpose and their promise, and to speak that over their lives, to walk past a young person in your neighborhood that you know is up to no good, but you can speak life to that young person. The drug dealer that's in your neighborhood that you can't stand because you feel like he's destroying the community by selling drugs. But if you spoke something to him, if you said to him walking past him one day, you know something, God showed me you, and I see that you have great potential. I see that you can be mighty. I see that God has called you to something. I see that you are great in the area of finance. I see that you can have your own business. You'll never know how those seeds can be planted in the lives of that individual and bring about a change. So we have to begin to recognize the power of our tongue, that it could either be a tree of life or it can be fire that causes destruction. And and if, if we use it, if we use it to cause destruction to someone else, please know that you're causing destruction to yourself because that's the way that the Lord has designed it. If you speak life to someone else, you are bringing life to yourself. But if you speak destruction to someone else, you're also bringing destruction to yourself. So let's be useful with the way that we use our tongues to be able to lift up, to build up, and to spread the gospel message of Jesus Christ. All righty, all righty. Lady Tamika, you just got finished saying, you know, you don't see the commercials on. You know, all the things that they could say that would help to promote safe ways of living, um, being concerned about your life. This right here is talking about what we say can be useful to God. Not saying the other stuff that they're saying, but saying just those right things. What are we talking about here? It's so important and so crucial. You know, I want to go back to our illustration earlier with um, the young girl, um, let's, just, let's just make the imagery your words. So you're not, you, you just got to tell such and such this, and you got to tell such and such that, and I just got to say this, and I just got to get this off my chest. However, you're not looking at the damage that you could be causing. You know, I, I have seen, you know, and, and not pointed fingers, you know, per se, but I've seen situations where somebody has said th- something to someone and they've been so damaged now until they, you know, they, they, they shun, you know, they shun even just the appearance of an open door. You know, we have to be very careful on what we say, how we say, when we say, and God will guide us as to what it is that we do. You know, we can build people up, but we are really good, unfortunately, with tearing people down. And so it's very important that we guard our mouth. You know, that's the purpose. You know, because when you have pushed somebody down, it's a lot harder for them to get back up once you've pushed them down. But when you speak life to them and you aid them and you water them and you allow them to grow, then they'll continue to grow. And a lot of times when something else is coming down on them because they've been spoken to in such a way and they've been spoken life to, they continue to blossom. Absolutely, absolutely. Ah, Elder Natish. Don't seek your own honor. (laughs) Keep help people keep their eye on the prize. Absolutely. In me dwells no good thing, right? Because in me is this flesh I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. 
And so the only good is that which God has placed on the inside of me by way of his spirit. And so by maintaining a humble um, position and composition and posture, it allows for us to go further. And, And I think my experience, even in my life, has been that as I continue to go down on my knees to pray and seek God, I have been built up in areas that I didn't even expect to be built up. So there is something powerful about not being boastful, about not seeking honor for yourself, but about being humble and allowing God to exalt you. You can just remain quiet, and I think that's what real honor looks like. Real honor is when you're not self-promoting. Real honor is when you don't have to uh, prove yourself in a specific area. You can just be, and the glory of God will shine forth out of your life and then people will be drawn to you, and then you can point them to the true source of that light that they are seeing in you. And that's, that's, that's where it's most powerful. No one wants to be drawn to, and no one is drawn to, someone who's constantly saying, yeah, you know what, well, because when I did this and when I did that, and because I am this and I am that, taking all the glory for yourself, you know, no one is attractive. That's not attractive at all. <laughs> that's, so let's stop. Just stop. I want everybody to stop that because that's not attractive. No one is attracted to that. But it's it's when you understand that I don't deserve who I am. I don't deserve what I have. I don't deserve to be moving in these spaces and places. It has literally been by the power of God in my life that has allowed me to be here and to be in this space, to think how I think, to perceive how I perceive, to be in my right mind, to walk through open doors, to have this career, to have this. That is attractive because people want to understand. So help me, help me understand. How did you get to this space in God where you were able to see tangible fruit? Because that's what we, that's the tangible fruit speak for you. Don't, 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 don't exalt yourself, because those who exalt themselves will be brought down, says the word of the Lord. Ooh, baby. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Lady Tamika, don't seek your own honor. Don't, don't, don't seek honor. Keep, help people keep their eye on the prize of the Lord. That's the way you're going to be useful to God. Definitely, you know, it is more of a detraction than an attraction when you always have to, you know, uh, tell people what you've done. You know, even if we look in the word and I'm looking at American Standard Version of Proverbs 21 and 24, it says the the proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name. He worketh in the arrogance of pride, which literally tells you, you know, it's not, it's not, it, it, it gets to the point where it's not even what God has done. And you wouldn't even be able to get to where you were had God not allowed it, you know, but unfortunately you rather say, me, 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 I did this, I did this, I care that you wouldn't be able to do that, you know, and it's so funny, you wouldn't be able to get, they wouldn't have been able to get to such and such had it not been for me. However, if God hadn't let that individual be able to do, you wouldn't be able to even speak. And so, you know, it's only by God's allowance. Humble yourself and, and watch what God does through you. Absolutely, absolutely. Shantish, you know, you have those people, they always want to remind you, I don't care what you're talking about. You know, if it wasn't for me, 
you know, so-and-so wouldn't have had that. Do you know I did such and such a thing? How does that take away from who God is? And that makes us completely useless, not useful to God. That's the people that do all like, don't be about nothing. They ain't doing nothing. And that's why they got to keep reminding themselves of the 2% that they've done. Because I now have to make myself seem important to myself. And then hopefully, while I'm doing that, someone else will feel like I'm important. Where, how it's already been stated, we can't do anything with anything good without first God putting that desire on our heart and then us saying yes to it. He has given us the ability. He has given us the opportunity. He has given us the means to do whatever good we were able to do. So that's how we become useless to him because it's like, yo, I only did this, not only so you or whomever else could just say, oh, yes, God, you're so dope. And you're so No, because God also exhausts us when he sees that we're mature enough to handle that promotion that he wants to give us. At the same time, bro, you ain't about nothing. If you really sit and really analyze yourself, you will see, like Elder Night Teacher said, us without God ain't about nothing. Which means, ding, ding, it's only because of him that you were able to have whatever accomplishments, you were able to assist with, you know, whomever with whatever. You were, so you have to make sure that you're being useful to God by constantly reminding people of who he is. Again, we are the visuals. That's the only thing. We're, we're just a visual. He's working through us, so now we can tell people about him, about Jesus, so now they're attractive. So now you're helping to make God look unattractive. Because there's nothing like, like, unless you, there's nothing attractive about that. That is the quickest way. Anyone who has a good head on their shoulders, that is the quickest way to turn them off from you, whether it be in business, social life, um, relationship-wise. That is the quickest way to turn someone off from you. you keep, they keep hearing, I, 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 I. All right, that's the quickest way for you to get cussed out in the street. That's the quickest way for you to get talked about. That's a quick, it's just like, just stop. Because you're helping God to look very unattractive right now. Oh, righty, all righty, all righty. Ladies, you have done a fantastic job. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we're at the top of the hour. And uh, we get that faith over fear segment with our Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you today, my dear? I am well. Thank you. I'm well. Thank you. How are you? You How are you doing over there? I'm doing okay. I'm doing well today. Okay. Pastor Charlotte, we're talking about ways of being useful to God. Now, people don't understand our faith walk. Our faith walk, how people see definitely sends the message in a different way of who God is. 
and that is one way we can be useful to God. What are we talking about today when we're talking about that faith? Absolutely. Um, a lot of times that people that we have said that only only Bible that they will see is us as our walk and how we treat people and how we say that we love God and how we don't try not to love them. And that's our downfall because of the fact that even though, you know, you say, well, don't watch me, you know, but you stated out of your mouth that you know Christ. You stated out of your mouth that you will live for him and you do all these wonderful things for him. But then we see that in our in our sliding that we will take and um, do other things. You can't tell people and try to preach to them and you over there dropping it like it's hot and at the club with them and drinking, you know, because now how can I stand in front of you and being able to witness to you and telling you about Christ because the first thing they're going to throw back at you is, but you was at the club with me. You was doing the same thing that I was doing. So what makes you different? We're supposed to be unusual creatures. We're supposed to be able to stand for God and being able to show the love. But you just cussed me out. You told me you hated me. So you can't do both sides. You got to be able to pick. The Bible tells us that we have to be able to pick. Choose this day. Who are you going to serve? So whose side you going to be on? We can't be wishy-washy. We cannot be able to stand in front and don't be bold and be able to confess in Christ. How come the people on your job don't know that you go to church, that you say that you are, you that you are um, you know Christ? But then you get in the inside the building and now you want to run around, you want to speak in tongues, you want to fall out and do all these other things. No, you should live your way of Christ every day and all day. Now, sometimes do we fall? Absolutely. Because if you keep poking the bear, right, sometimes that bear will jump out. But then it goes to repentance. Then you have to teach them to repent of their sins and being able to not to do it again. See, our struggle is us because we're struggling that we want to live one way and then we want to live another way. No, we have to be able to stand because we have to be that witness for God. We have to be that ambassador and get out there and tell everybody, not just somebody, tell everybody. Some will listen and some might not listen, but you have to be able to plant that seed. Somebody else will come by and and do the watering. And who gets the increase? Nobody else but God. He will be the one that tap you on the shoulder. Remember where you came from. That's another thing that we don't do. But for us to be able to love ourselves and show the love of Christ, because we have to be able to know that God is love. We we tell that to people, right? We are not just the preachers, everybody. We tell that God loves, you know, and God forgives. So you have to be able to do that as well. And we have to stay focused on God and what he has for us to do. How many times, well, let me say it this way. Have you ever been where that you went to walk down the street and God tapped you, had you to come back and maybe either bless somebody 
or have a word for somebody or just come back and smile at somebody or just to give that person a hug because you was in your way, in your way, and not focusing and where did he wanted you just to say something to that person. It could be a homeless person. It could be somebody on the bus. It could be anywhere. It can even be when you're in service that God say, look at that person right there. So we have to be able to have our ear on his mouth at all times to hear what he has us to do. But if we are constantly not in that place at that time, we can miss that blessing that God had for us. That's why we got to stay focused and continue to push forward. Once again, sometimes we fall short because I don't want you to think that it's always right. And I'm speaking of myself. It ain't always right sometimes. But I will say that he tapped me on my shoulder and said, uh-uh, go back, go do it, repent, and it makes me be more aware for the next time because we get in our way. We're thinking about a thousand other things. But we're not taking it to the Lord and staying focused with the Lord and and letting him guide our footsteps, let him guide our thoughts, let him guide our heart, let him be able to be in you. Amen. So where that you're able to be able, that Holy Spirit will be able to direct you on what you shall do. Because once we come to Christ, we no longer belong to ourselves. We have to be able to stand for him, live for him, and have him to be able to be in us so we can think like him. So where we're able to know that person is in need, that person, and that's that spiritual discernment that we must all have. So where are we able to do that? We have to be able to know that whose side are you going to choose on this day? And that's all it is. We make it hard. Show the people for real that you really love Christ. So where they don't have to say, maybe she do or he, or maybe they don't. Show them the real love of Christ. This is that opportunity. Too many of us are going through too much stuff and where that we have to connect to one another, be there for one another, to pray for one another. The bad part is we don't. We're so busy in self and we only want to handle the ones that we Say that we love. No, God says love everybody. Your neighbor. Who is your neighbor that you have walked past that you didn't even say good morning to? Or give them a smile, but they know that you go to service because you want to tell that piece, but you ain't showing the love of Christ. So let's get it together, and that's all of us. We all have some kind of an area that we are all weak in, and we give it to God, and where that he will be able to build up that strength, first repent. And then after you repent, ask him to help you in that area, and he will make you stronger. And before you know it, you'll be speaking to every enemy that came up against you, and you will pray for them, and you will show them the love of Christ, and you will touch their heart, amen, in a way that they'll be able to say, you know what, I want to know that Jesus you're talking about. I want to be able to come there. I want to be able to do what God has me to do and be able to put down all of that hatred and all that's inside of them and be able to turn their life over and be able to come to Christ. And then we have another celebration, just like the angels do in heaven, because another one has come over and to be coming to the family. God bless you on today.
And amen, Pastor Charlotte. Thank you so much for that Faith Over Fear segment. We pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, Let's take this moment to hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you just as always saying thank you for all that you have done, blessed, seen, and unseen, dear Heavenly Father. Just waking up this morning was a blessing, God, when you tapped us on the shoulder and you just ushered us into a brand new day, God. Thank you for waking us up with brand new tender mercies, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we give you thanks today because we've talked about so much but it all comes back to you. It all comes down to how we're being useful to you, dear Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we pray that the words that were shared today would tap somebody on the shoulder, would make somebody go and look in the mirror and ask you, God, I'm looking at me right now. Am I pleasing to you, dear Heavenly Father? Am I doing the things that you want me to do, dear Heavenly Father? Am I looking the way you want me to look, dear Heavenly Father? Am I sounding the way you want me to sound, dear Heavenly Father? Am I just moving the way you want me to move, dear Heavenly Father? Is my faith showing? Is my faith indicating? Am I useful to you? Because I don't want to walk around being useless. You have me here for a reason. And I want to please you in everything that I do. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we ask that all hearts would turn to you today. Every spirit would decrease so that you would increase inside of each and every one of us, dear Heavenly Father. And our light would shine so that everyone would see Jesus in us, the Heavenly Father. We're thanking you for all of the ministers today, dear God. We're thanking you, dear Heavenly Father, for how they're being used by you today, how they're positioning themselves to be used by you today. God, we lift up Minister Michelle, God, and we ask you to touch her body, dear Heavenly Father. Give her relief of her pain. And we pray to Heavenly Father that she can get up out that bed, God, and give you the glory so rightly do your name. We thank you to Heavenly Father for just allowing us to open up our mouths today, God. Just the movement of our limbs, dear Heavenly Father. And that we would make uh, a today the first day of a brand new way of thinking, living, feeling, and speaking. That everything we do, dear Heavenly Father would indicate our usefulness to you. We give you the glory and the honor, dear Heavenly Father, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This this particular topic has been held over for a few weeks because once Vivian gives her news, that kind of takes us into an entirely different direction. And everything we talked about today was a wonderful segue into whether we can be useful to God or not. You know, when we talk about 
you know, the, the, the buildings in, in the impoverished areas or the areas where, you know, the, the, the income levels or the educational levels or, you know, the crime levels are, are, are not what they are in other areas, we get left behind. And that's why I say, you know, we, God's people have to be everywhere because there has to be someone that sounds the alarm that says, hey, we need to take care of things here. We have lives that need to be taken care of. When we, you know, when we talk about people who don't have a place to live and there are going to be more homeless people because now there's no protection any longer. And we have those people in our churches who don't take care of business because they thought they had a free ride. It's our responsibility to speak to them and to help them understand, listen, you can't claim God but cheat the system. You can't claim God but, you know, now all of a sudden God is supposed to come and rescue you from some things that you have not done that you know you should have done. When we, we talk about, you know, not taking care, you know, of ourselves and we're having, you know, casual sex and even in that casual sex, it's, it's so casual that we're not even protecting ourselves, that we don't even care about how we get up. You know, again, that, that, that stealth and thing, that, that, that story we talked about, you know, where the woman went and got the condom about the garbage because she wanted to have the baby for the, for the athlete because that was money. That was her come up. You know, you think about people's mentality and, 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 and has that as has been said, that right now, I, I got to get this thing right now, where you lose focus. That's what pe- God, people of God do all the time. They lose their focus. And again, it was brought up just... Just, 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 and I want to hear anything that's going to make me feel good. Anything, you know, that doesn't make me have to face that God is coming. That God is coming. I mean, God, we're going to have to face God if we don't do the right thing. When Jesus comes in, I want to be caught up in the first resurrection. I don't know about everybody else. I, I don't want to have to stand on no judgment line. Because I always think about that thing and say, well, what am I going to say? Well, what could I possibly say to God after he has given me a full life of knowledge, of understanding? He has promised that before he sends his son, everyone would have gotten an opportunity. Everyone. So what could you possibly look in his face and say and, and think that's going to be a good enough excuse? Because when I look at the scripture that says that there will be many that stand before him, and say, didn't I do this in your name, Lord? And didn't I do that in your name? And he's going to say, oh, go away from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you not. Oh, no, no, no. That makes me tremble now. So, see, I'm not, I'm not willing to throw caution to the wind. I, I, I can't live like that. I, my goal is to do whatever is pleasing in God's sight. And if that means that I, I'm not going to have a friend tomorrow, then, oh, well, I won't have you tomorrow. If that means that I have to sever ties because we just don't agree on the word of God, then I have to say goodbye. If it means that you're going to be mad at me and you don't want to talk to me and you want to walk off, then bye. 
Because, see, I have a God to serve, and he's first in everything that I do. I can't worry about you. Because, see, you want to hear what makes you feel good. I want to make sure that God feels good about what Stephanie is doing, what Stephanie is saying, how Stephanie is leading people. See, that's my first concern. My first concern is not you and pleasing you. So, see, this is why we must stand our ground, because God is watching everything that we do. Everything that we do. He never sleeps nor slumbers. See, we always want to believe that when we talk about what God does for us and how, you know, he meets my needs and I I don't have to ever worry about him going to sleep because he knows what I need and he's going to be right there for me. But guess what? He ain't sleeping or slumbering on what you're doing either or what you're not doing. So pay attention. Pay attention to the things that are said. Pay attention to every time you're given a scripture. Pay attention to every time God knocks on your door. Because just like Pastor Sharon said, he gives us a whole lot of opportunities to get it right. He backs you up and tells you, go back over there and do this. Oh, you probably making up for something that you didn't do. So while you're walking around mad that you had to do that, oh, thank God for that next opportunity to get it right. Because that just might be the thing that gets you in. Because any time the word of God says that even the righteous shall scarcely make it in, that means we're going to have to do some things. That means we're going to have to change our way of living, our way of thinking, our way of speaking. We're going to have to do a whole lot of things that are useful to God. We can't work our way into the kingdom. But oh, our lifestyle and our attitude and how what we do And whether it's pleasing to God or not, oh, that's going to make the difference. So make sure that whatever you do, you're making sure that it's useful to God. Because nothing else should matter. Nothing else should matter. Even even Paul said, you know, we we just need to be single. (laughs) Because when you get married, when you're doing that dating thing, all your attention shifts. And people have a hard time. Keeping God first once somebody else comes into the picture. So a whole lot of us need to stay single because we can't seem to keep our eye on the prize. But for those of us who God has taught to balance things properly, let's not lose sight. Let's make sure that we show God that we still can be useful even after he sends us that special someone. Make sure we get it right. Because we <laughs> later is not promised to any of us. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Step signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew. All the ladies have held it down one more time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss that opportunity to uh, make it right with God. 
later is not promised to you. Please make sure that if you said yes to the Lord, that you are working on strengthening that relationship with him right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.